Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
We praise your name and we thank you. We thank you for our fiery trials and tribulations. We thank you for things that we, when we look at them in the flesh, we are certain that we cannot overcome them. But yet somehow, through your miracles, even when we're exhausted beyond words, you pull us through. We are unworthy. We know that we are. We have contrite spirits, and we pray that we are nothing more than that tax collector. Let us rent our robes together and come before you, knowing that we will be and forever be unworthy, but only by the grace and blood of our Lord Jesus might we be counted worthy, maybe even counted worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon this earth. These things of which we are able to see ever clearer now because of your incredible mercy, because without that vision and understanding, it would be very difficult to recognize that we are clearly in the midst of the sorrows. And we thank you, Father, for helping us to awaken to that place. For none of us are perfect, and we're all trying the best that we can. We just pray, Lord, please, for all the mistakes that we have made, all the things we've done that we shouldn't have, all of the thoughts that we've allowed to enter into our hearts that would have ideally been replaced with praise and worship. Father, we just praise you and we thank you for that strength. I thank you for this scripture here that I really didn't even notice and it's so relevant to how I feel. And that is Second Thessalonians 3.3. 3. I don't know what translation this is, but it says, it's just a snippet. It says, Father, it says, but the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen and protect you. And Father, we just pray in Jesus' name that you will strengthen and protect us. We understand that we're in a very unusual time on the earth. If my theory, my sanctified hunch is correct, we're in the first half of maybe, yeah, the first, I would say the first half of Daniel 7.25. And that would put us in a time where we're under great testing to see how committed we are to overcome, see how committed we are to overcome our sinful nature, overcome our earthly desires, overcome you know that that double-mindedness that is associated with so many so many people's walks. I think all of us have a little bit of that in us. Certainly none of us want to live the life of you know, some of the apostles, um, certainly Paul, where he had really no home, spent his time in essentially a type of destitution uh, for the most part. Um, and we take away from that, from the many, many Pauline epistles, how he was able to find contentment when things were good and when things were bad, simply by letting go, obviously, and just turning it over to you. I think that may be, for me, a lesson that I am being forced to learn, um, and that's okay, because these problems of this earth are not mine. 
I have to give them to you because I can't do them. I am not able to. And um, and I just praise you, Father, for these fiery trials. I praise you, Father God, for the incredibly long nights that I'll have to work. Um, I thank you, Father God, for having a job in a time when so many companies are laying off. Um, I guess a lot of work and an overabundance of it, even long hours deep into the night, are better than having no work at all. And I praise you for that. I thank you for that, Father. Um, I thank you for the blessing of being able to maybe in some manner or another be able to touch other people's lives and do good as we're asked to do as long as we don't give up and I won't and I pray that nobody else will I pray that I believe that on behalf of those who are here now whether listening live or to a recorded podcast I think if we all examine our hearts and where it is we are in our walk wherever that may be that we may come to a conclusion, maybe not a conclusion, but maybe a place where our understanding is that the things that we're going through, which are of great diversities, to each and every one of us who are going through some sort of a struggle, to us, it is a very fiery trial. Although when we look at them collectively, it seems that one person's trials are greater or more challenging than others are. But to that individual, it's a big trial. And Father, we just lift each other up and we hold each other through love and understanding of the days that we live in right now. That evidently it is our calling. Clearly, it is our calling to be tested beyond measure, to be subject to the onslaught of the evil one. I, it, evidently, the anticipation is that we are going to be presented with challenges that are, for some reason, I guess we were chosen for this time. I can't understand, no matter how I look at the scripture, I cannot understand anything except that we're definitely, you know, when I look at the prophecies, when I look at the scripture, when I look at the the uh, Olivet Discourse and how it progresses, when I look at the admonitions and warnings and Peter and itching ears and all the things that are talked about uh, when the Scripture clearly states that there will come a time when it's talking about the future, and obviously that future must be now. There can be no other time that it could be. So just through simple, you know, process of elimination, there's really no other time it could be, is except now. Father, we just hold over, we hold up these trials and tribulations, and, and many of us have gone through for many years, struggling through them, having lost everything in some cases, having to restart over the, our lives, um, fighting tooth and nail to just be able to keep the lights on. Some people in terrible situations, awful situations, um, you know, and we don't we don't pass judgment on anybody. And we thank you, Father God, for those that you have blessed. We thank you, Father God, for our fellow brothers and sisters who are, or at least appear in their appearance, seem to be maintaining quite well um, for whatever reason. We praise you for those who have been blessed financially. We praise you for those who have been blessed through whatever dynamics that are associated with their walk. We praise you for them, Father. 
We thank you for every one of our fellow brothers and sisters, and we pray that you will outpour grace and love upon each of them in an abundant measure, that you will supernaturally, Father God, please in Jesus' name, we pray that perhaps we will be counted worthy. We know that we're not. We know that we're not. But we pray that we will be accounted worthy. We hope so desperately, so much, so with, you know, so much we, we want more than anything to be counted worthy, to escape all these things. As it says in Daniel 12, that we will be delivered. And that word, when we look at it in the enhanced strongs, it says slippery escape. So, and of course, when we look at, when we consider what the additional biblical mysteries that you've revealed to many, now many, uh, but to me, for some reason, I don't even, I don't know why, why I thought of it, but all the way back in 2011 when I wrote the article um, Multi-Phased Rescue Mission, just based on Luke 12, verses 35, 36, and 37. I know, Father, that your scripture says, to whom much has been given, much will be required. I know it says that I would not want many for you to be teachers because don't you know that we receive a stricter judgment? I guess that puts me in a pretty crummy place. I don't know. I don't know, Father, but I just pray for your mercy upon all of us. And I, I don't really think of myself as a teacher. Um, I don't really think of myself as much of anything. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Just somebody that's trying to push through. And you know what, Father? Quite honestly, at this point, if you were to take me home tonight and just let me have the smallest of little cottages out in the country mansion or, or the country... Uh, suburbial area, let's call it, I would be very content and happy, very happy. And I would give you praise for the rest of eternity. But Father, we do pray that we will be counted worthy to stand before our King, Jesus, that we, through our perseverance, even though we haven't been perfect in our walk, will maybe be counted worthy to be part of that barley harvest. We want to believe with all of our heart through faith that we are eligible to be counted worthy because of your grace and because of your incredible and deep mercy and forgiveness. And we will continue to seek you. We will continue to endure our fiery trials. We will continue to go through that which you have designated for us to go through. No matter how hard it is, no matter how no matter how hard it is, no matter how hard it is, we will not give up. We might dork up, but we will not give up. No way we will not give up. And we praise you for our fiery trials. We thank you for every opportunity that we have to be able to suffer. As you know, Father, I wish desperately so that I could retire, but I can't, and I will never be able to. Because I believe with all of my heart, and have believed for 12 years, that we were leaving. Um, there's more to it, of course, Father, you know. But, um, 
May your will be done. May your will be done in all of us. May you bring us to that expected end. May we make ourselves available in Jesus' name to suffer those fiery trials, no matter how difficult they are, so that we're able to walk in the works of which you have written in our books. Maybe stumbling occasionally. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that you will help us to not stumble so much. Lead us, please, Lord. Please, Father, not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We pray for your anointing upon each of us. We pray for your abundant grace to be poured out upon us in overflowing waves of love and kindness. We do not believe, nor do we accept for a minute that you have forsaken us, but we do understand that nowadays the throne room has to be incredibly busy. The petitions that are rising up before thee have got to be so voluminous, uh, or as some say, voluminous, that it's got to be amazing. I would, I would, uh, I would do just about anything to be able to see the workings of the throne room at this time, and to imagine, even while the throne room is unbelievably busy, for you would want not one to perish, unbelievably busy because so many are awakening, so many maybe perhaps are seeking you in a time, in a way, in a manner that they had never had thus far. There are so many that uh, see the bad things happening out there and uh, maybe they have a lot of iniquity in their hearts and they want to do, they want to approach it in a very fleshy manner. And yes, Father, we do understand, even though our walk has been <laughs> terribly imperfect, um, we understand, Father God, that there's a really good reason why the wise virgins were unable to give oil to the foolish. Because that oil is not that oil is not something that you just are handed. That that level of sanctification, that level of purification, that level of dedication, that level of perseverance, that level of humility that contrite spirit, that learning when it's time to just go ahead and let go and not to carry with us the burdens that are associated with the walk, particularly for those of us who see the magnitude of the darkness that closes in rapidly. While so many are lost in false hopes, believing that another man or other men or women or whoever might save them or change the earthly dynamics and ultimately alter the course of the scripture, which I don't understand. Maybe I'm wrong. First Corinthians 8, 2 says, if anyone thinks they know anything, they know nothing yet as they ought to know. All we know, Father, is that we don't know, but you know. And we lay before you, indeed, at the foot of the cross, all of our burdens, all of our woes, all of our cares, all of those things that cause us to pitch in our beds at night, wondering how we could possibly deal with the next day. But trusting you and believing that somehow you're going to bring us through, which you always have. You always have. You have. And we praise you for that. And we just ask you for an outpouring of your strength. And we also ask for you for an outpouring of empathy 
true empathy, not just sympathy, but real, heartfelt, loving empathy to be poured out into the hearts of our fellow brothers and sisters that are doing well, or at least relatively well, and place that burden upon their hearts to spend extra time in prayer for those of us who are shouldering a very, very difficult burden. Let us always remember in our hearts that for every time that we're in a good place, there are many of our other fellow brothers and sisters that desperately need our prayer while we may not recognize it. Let us always carry that burden in our heart in a loving way and pour out our hearts on their behalf, knowing that because of the things that we have gone through, that there are others that are going through worse at any given moment. Maybe not in the realm of those who are friends of ours or, you know, acquaintances, we'll say. But what about the people in the other countries? What about the people that are suffering? What about the people in what about the people in China that are getting ready to be fed up many satanic lies in a rewritten Bible? The onslaught that is occurring right now on a global level is cannot be spoken. It cannot be spoken because that's it's logarithmic. It's immeasurable. It's exponential. Father, we were promised through your servants, the prophets, Amos 3, 7, that there would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit at some point, but it's clearly not now. We don't know when that will be. It may not be for us. It may not be for us. It may be that those of us, maybe, and I don't understand these things, I don't. It may be just that those of us who do understand these things are expected to do the best that we can to persevere, to push through, to continue to examine ourselves, to identify as best as we can through the Spirit and through fervent, tear-filled prayer. Those things that are not in perfect alignment with your holy will, because we love you, Father. We do. We really do. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we pray that you love us. Love us enough to understand the frailty of our dynamics. Love, love us enough to understand that how remarkably dark the darkness is today. And to have to, what it must take for any, any human. I can only imagine what the Apostle Paul would say if he were to take a look around him and see what it is that we see. Understand what it is that we understand. The shock that would hit the Apostle Paul by seeing the, the things that are happening in this world, the things that are designed by the Antichrist, and the satanic entities known as the terrors, the serpents and the scorpions. I don't think Paul would be able to handle it. <laughs> Quite frankly, I just don't think he could. Uh, I don't. I, th I think he'd probably grab his, grab his heart and fall over and <laughs> convulse. <laughs> Father, forgive me if I'm incorrect about that, but I just, uh, I, it's very, very difficult for me to understand how how any of us can be awake and aware to the things that are happening across the world right now and 
you know, it's one thing to see a pagan parade like like Timothy did before he was attacked. You know, which is no nothing less than um, a type of a Mardi Gras. But to have the things that are happening across the world at the magnitude and the pervasiveness, it's everywhere. It's just everywhere. Um, all at once. All at once. The black walls of satanic darkness are closing in, and so many don't even see it at all. If ignorance is truly bliss, it brings to us wisdom and understanding. Father, I pray for myself. I pray that you will give me the strength to be able to endure that which you have evidently decided. I'm going to continue to pray about it, but evidently have decided that I must do. Um, And I praise you for my job. I praise you for what will turn out to be some incredibly long hours. And I just ask you, Father, please, in the name of Jesus, to give me the strength of my age to be able to do these things. Because right now in the flesh, I do not understand how I could. And I know there are people praying for me. And I praise Jesus, Father, Lord Jesus, I pray for a tenfold blessing and anointing upon anyone who even so much as mentions me by name in prayer. For I know that they do not understand, nor could they, nor can I understand what they're going through either. But let us have through love and and empathy a desire to lift one another up fervently and continuously, understanding that some of us are bearing and shouldering a burden that is superhuman. Um, And bring us through it. We just ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus, for your mercy, that you will bring each of us through that which that those fiery trials that you have designed specifically for us, uniquely for us, that it shall bring us to a place, and we don't even understand what that place is, but we shall persevere. We shall persevere. For your scripture says, oh, I've got to pull it up here. Because we have kept your command to persevere, you will deliver us from the hour of trial that comes upon the whole earth to test those who dwell upon the earth. House of Church Philadelphia. Father, we want to be part of the Church of Philadelphia more than anything. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that we can be counted worthy. Father, we won't judge. We won't look at any... I know that if we were a part of an ecclesia, there was there is a baked-in governance responsibility of, of an ecclesia, of a church, a building church, if you will, to gently but carefully and, you know, cleanse itself of ranks of willful disobedience to the Lord Jesus. Um, while many may contend with that and struggle with that, I praise you for helping me to understand what many of the scriptures are talking about when it says things like it says in 1 Corinthians 5.13. I thank you also, Father God, for the power, the computer power that you have given me to be able to study things that perhaps many other others are not just not able to see. I thank you, Father God, for having me, even in the midst of a very sinful period of my life, being very hungry for buying 
Bible study equipment and software. It just seems very miraculous. But I thank you for the power that I have in the PC Study Bible application that you have given me because of the ability to be able to highlight any verse and look at the commentaries and understand that what I feel in the Spirit is accurate because others were shown that in the Spirit as well, even though it may have been hundreds of years ago. Lord, we just praise you, Father. Let us all continue to praise you through thick, through thin, through good, through bad. We understand that these things must come to pass. We understand that each one of our individual plights are tremendously difficult to deal with. And we, we're going to persevere. We're going to get better. We're going to increase our desire, our love for you, our hunger. We'll pant like the deer for the water. Father, we want it. We want it more than anything. We want to be counted worthy. We want to be counted worthy. And if it requires fantastic fiery trials, so be it. We submit ourselves into your hands. Do with us what you will. Whatever you may do, we thank you. And we praise you. We surrender. For we cannot do it by ourselves. It is simply not possible. And we give you all the praise and glory, and we thank you. We thank you for those trials and tribulations. We thank you for those impossible requests. We praise you that you have given us even a little bit more time to maybe be counted worthy. And we so hope that we are. We so, so hope that we are. You know, Father, what our, each of our expected ends are. You know, Father, whether or not we're going to live tonight or die tonight in bed. You know, Father, every little detail, for it was written in our books. May we walk in the works that you have written about us. May we fulfill those works, even in the midst of that which we are destined to endure. We praise your holy name and thank you because you are an awesome Father no matter what. As Job said in 1315, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. And we give you all the praise, honor, glory forever and ever, Father. For we know, we believe in our hearts that even though we are utterly imperfect, that you are indeed bringing us to that expected end. And we praise you for that. May we overcome all of our fleshy weaknesses. May we never think of ourselves more or less important to the body of Christ than another. May we understand true love, true empathy. May we understand the intent of the word love. The intent that was from the origin of the words of the presented by the Holy Spirit in a language which cannot be translated where there are five different words for love. For the word of love in Greek has five different meanings. 
And Father, we just praise you for that. And we thank you for keeping us humble, contrite, under fiery trial. We pray that we will, through grace, be able to endure them, to do the work, even in our 60s, of a 25-year-old, and to endure, and to praise you, and to thank you. As the Apostle Paul said, Therefore I take pleasure, Second Corinthians 12.10, Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities. Therefore I take pleasure in reproaches. Therefore I take pleasure in needs. Therefore I take pleasure in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, I am strong. So I guess, Father, that means tonight I'm incredibly strong. And I thank you. And I pray for, Father, I lift up every single listener, every single... Father, how many, how awesome it is that anyone would take time on their Friday with all the stuff going on out there, with all the woes and trials and all the people, those of us who are awake and aware of the things that are happening in the earth, Many of us have trouble letting go. I, 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 you know, I know I don't want to have to become homeless. I just don't know that I don't want to have to do that. Even though I know that you would provide for me, I know that. I know that. Somehow. And I'm not worried about that. Obviously, because I wouldn't be able to function. But um, we just give it to you. We hand over to you that which we are unable. Worry is something... Worry are words that we say to ourselves about things that we can do nothing about. And prayer is what we hand to you, Father, who can do all things. All things. Matthew nineteen twenty six. And we hand over all these things to you. We lay them at the foot of the cross, Lord Jesus. We pray as unworthy as we are, that maybe you will count us worthy. We give you all the glory. We praise your holy name. And we thank you for every day. Just one one more day. Just one more day. Thank you for a contrite spirit. Thank you for the fiery trials. Thank you for placing in our hearts the joy of your salvation, knowing that no matter what, one way or the other, we're going to make it. We're definitely going to make it. No matter how dark things become, we thank you, Father, because we know we're going to make it. We know that we're in your hands. We know that you're in, we're in Jesus' hands and that your sheep cannot be taken out. We can jump willfully out of your hands. But we're not going to do that. We might make mistakes. We might have to repent. We might have to cry out for you, cry out to you for forgiveness. Or if we confess of our sin, you, Father, are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all, all unrighteousness. 
One of my favorite scriptures of all is Isaiah 43:25, And I would like to believe that it means what it says. Although I know that we will all have to face that beam of judgment seat of Jesus, and we all hope so much, so desperately so, that maybe we could be counted worthy. Maybe we could escape all these things. Maybe we could be called to the wedding supper. Maybe we could be part of your bride. Even though ultimately we all know that we are not worthy. We pray that you will find us not only counted worthy, but also through our prayer, through our contrite spirit, through our continuous confession, through our continuous seeking of you in divine purity and constant walk in sanctification, seeking you with all of our hearts and enduring the fiery trials as we struggle as best as possible to course correct along arguably the most difficult path that any Christians might have ever had to endure, minus some of the more persecuted parts of the world. We may be sitting in air conditioning, but it doesn't mean we're on an easy walk. And the air conditioning could go away at any time. Have mercy, we pray. We thank you, Father God. We praise your name. Give us that strength. Give us that strength through your mercy that we shall persevere. We pray in Jesus' name that we are counted worthy. Help us, Lord, because without your help, I don't think any of us understand quite how we would be able to make it through the things that are being thrown at us, threatened at us, and encroaching on us at at unbelievable speed. And to you, Father, be all the glory, because we see the end of the end of times approaching so fast that something's got to break. And if whatever that is that breaks, breaks, the way it appears that it's going to break, then it seems most likely that either we will have to suffer more fiery trials or you will yank us out of here, which is what we hope for, so that we can stand before Jesus at the wedding supper, because that's what we want more than anything. And we need all the help that you you are willing to give us through prayer for one another, prayer for the lost, our seeking you, doing kindness, acts of kindness for others, self-sacrificing, giving, all that, all the things that we're expected to do in our walk. Humble our hearts continuously, Father, we pray. If we need more fiery trials, we pray that you will give them to us. All we ask for is that strength, that strength that we can only get from you, where you will keep us in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon you, because he trusts you. Do with us what you will, Father. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you. Amen. The time now is 7.40 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. And, seeing as how I'm so exhausted right now, I don't even know if I can complete sentences.
Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I had to get... Tonight, we will light together the Sabbath candles. You can call them the Shabbat candles. You can have the Sabbath on every single day if you want to. You can have it on Sunday. You can have it at no day. You can worship the Lord all day. You can eat seafood if you want. It's all in Romans 14. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus, for the freedom that you have given us through your incredible grace. And we just thank you, Father. We praise you for separating us and separating us from the law and allowing us through our love, through our self-control, for the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, uh, Galatians 5.22, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control against which there is no law. And we thank you, Father, for embedding that into our heart. Where we look around us, even though our flesh says, make that person go away. <laughs> We know in our heart that it's just not the right thing to do. And we thank you, Lord, for revealing it through your, through your word. Proverbs 19:17. If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. Well, I don't know about you people out there. God bless you all. But I could sure use a few extra credits. <laughs> yeah, I could. Okay, if this was, if this is some sort of an eternal college, I love this scripture right here. If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. If this is extra credit, I don't know about you, but I'm holding this one up before the Father, and I'm saying, give me some more opportunities here. I need some extra credit. Thank you, Jesus. Also, Proverbs 11.25, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others, they themselves will be refreshed. Praise God for that. Maybe that's extra credit, too. So let's let's hold that up. Father, will you just hold this scripture up? Pro oh, you know what? Yeah, there it is. My eyes were uh, defocusing for a second, and I I thought I saw three ones, but it's just Proverbs 11.25. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will they themselves be refreshed. Boy, Father, I'm holding this one up. I'm holding up for you, Father. Looks like a promise to me. I'm believing with all of my heart, Father. Talk about somebody who needs a little bit of refreshing. Okay? So I'm believing, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Father. If two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Matthew 18, verse 19. Hmm. You know what it doesn't say? It doesn't say that you have to be directly in the presence of the individual. So, Father, let us all believe in our hearts in one accord. In one accord right now. Even if you're not listening to this live, let us believe, believe in our heart through faith in one accord. For it says here, and again, in Matthew eighteen nineteen, Jesus says, Again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Let us believe in one accord. Let us pray together. As follows. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we know we're unworthy. 
we know we've made a massive abundance of mistakes. Oh, boy. We know. And Father, we pray, Lord Jesus, we pray, in one accord before Thee, for the words that I'm reading, maybe my translation's a little wonky, I don't know, but it says, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. That's what this says to me. I'm holding it in my hands. Let us believe in one accord and pray together on earth. So that it's not just two, but it's a bunch of us believing in one accord. In the Spirit, dear Heavenly Father, we seek you and we pray. Holy Lord Jesus, please, please, in accordance with the parable of the workers in the vineyard, where you, as the Master, gave the same reward, the same pay, for those who arrived early, as you did for those who arrived late. Let us benefit in our hearts by the joy of the great of the father, the prodigal son. Let us be blessed by these, by the wisdom of the parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee. Father, please. We speak and pray to you in one accord. Please, Lord Jesus, please. In accordance with this promise I hold in my hand. And everyone who is praying now with a humble and contrite spirit. Please, Lord Jesus, we pray that you will count us worthy to escape all these things that are clearly about to come upon this earth and stand before you at the only place it could be, the wedding supper of the Lamb. In Jesus' name, we pray. And we thank you, Father, for honoring this prayer. For there's clearly more than two here on earth. Thank you, Father. And we're going to walk in that promise. We're going to walk in that promise. And we will persevere, no matter what. We will not give up. We thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. So I've lit three candles, one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Spirit. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus, for your mercy. We praise you, Jesus, for understanding. We praise you, Jesus, for embracing us and loving, loving us, being the lover of our soul. We praise you, Jesus, for helping us to see, to understand the things that are happening. As the scripture says that when we are walking, I, I don't I don't know exactly how the scripture I'd have to look it up. And I don't want to. I want to worship you. I pray that we all want to worship you. We want to thank you. We want to praise you because, you know, it says, you know, that when when we are um, 
I don't understand it. I, I'd have to look it up. But, Lord, you know which one I'm talking about where you said that we would be your friend and you would let us know what's going on. And you know what? You are. You are letting us know what's going on. We are seeing what's going on. We see pretty much everything that's going on. It's pretty darn scary. <laughs> I mean, you have to admit, this is pretty darn scary stuff, Father. Lord Jesus, and we praise you and we pray together. Please, in Jesus' name, please find us accounted worthy. Please deliver us from this evil and the evil one. In the name of Jesus, we pray and thank you. Thank you for your divine protection. Thank you for a strength that is beyond our comprehension. Thank you for, oh my goodness, Niagara Falls of mercy upon each of us. We praise you and thank you, Lord, because you alone are worthy. We are not, nor shall we ever be, particularly in your presence, forever and ever. Amen. We praise your name. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Tonight is the 29th of Elul, 5783. Tonight together, the Hebrew Kaddish. Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Boreh Peri Hagafen Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kitshanu B'mitzvotav V'ratzavanu Vishabat kod shobeya vauvratson in chilanu zikaron le mase vereshit. Ki huyom techila le mikrae kodesh zechelitziat. Mitzrayim Kivanu vacharta Veotanu kidashta Mikol hamim Veshabat kodshecha Beava uvratson in Khaltanu Baruch Adonai Mekadesh Hashabah Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Ooh. Hold on just a second. Praise you, Jesus. I remember I stuck an extra scripture in here. Oh, I don't know if it even made it into my show notes. Because I was doing it from a... uh, Yeah, I don't see it. Oh, there it is. No? Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yep. 
Note to self, do not try to update the show notes from your mobile device. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord, just let us make it to those, uh, what do you call it, uh, Thomas Kincaid Homes. <laughs> we'll take it. Praise Jesus. Get us out of here. Uh, we want to be part of the wedding supper, Lord. We know that we do more than anything. Thank you, Lord. Yep, at least I found the scriptures I was looking for. The two that I just shared with you. Hold on a second. Thank you, Father. Oh, goody. All right, thank you, Lord. But, oh, okay, well, it's got a double dipper here. I'll correct that, and then off we go. That is if my mouse will continue to work. Ah, hallelujah. Okay. Praise God. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in the split open rock. It was I who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. How beautiful your eyes are in worship and lovely your voices in prayer. You must catch those troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship, for they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. Despise the man of wickedness. 
in any trespass you who are spiritual restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness but be careful lest you yourself be tempted even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vine even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet, Father, we will rejoice in the Lord. We will be joyful in the God of our salvation. Habakkuk 3.17 Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. 1 Samuel 12.23 We praise you, Father. And as promised, I think always a good reminder is the second century letter to Diognetus in the Pilgrim Church. This would be during the first, what we would normally refer to as the first century, but they call it the second century. I've never completely figured that out, and math ain't my thing. (laughs) So I'm just going to let that one be in the Lord's hands. But I do know that the second century is actually talking about the first hundred years for some reason. So anyway... Christians are distinguished. This is actually in a letter that was found written in the first hundred years. And so 
if Jesus's ministry was essentially, you know, for give or take 33 years ish, um, then it would be sometime probably between the 33 year mark and, you know, like the 67 years left after that. So somewhere in that time, this letter was found. I don't know where I'd have to go dig. But it says, Christians are distinguished from men, neither by country or language, living in such places as the lot of each of them is determined, and follow the customs of the native in respect to the food and clothing and the rest of their ordinary conduct. They display to us a wonderful and confessedly striking method of life. They dwell in their own countries, but simply as sojourners. As citizens, they share in all things with others, and yet endure all things as if foreigners. Every foreign land is to them as their native country, and every land of their birth as a land of strangers. They pass their days on earth, but they are citizens of heaven. They obey the prescribed laws, and at the same time surpass the laws by their lives. They are reviled, but they bless. For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, his name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble, and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Isaiah 57:15. If we look up the word contrite in our dictionary, I personally believe that it's folly to study the Bible without a really good dictionary and without a really good thesaurus. For we need, if we're going to rightfully divide the word, it's not just about understanding the disparity of the Greek and English and the disparity of the Hebrew and the English and the, and the reason. It's not about that. And it's much more about spiritual discernment. When that little bell goes off in your head, you know that that's what it means. When you flip from the King James or the New King James or from the from, you know, and then you go over to the NLT and you have this epiphany and you're like, that's it then you know, right? You know. There's so many gazillions of examples of that, but you have to be blessed with multiple translations to be able to see it, to feel it. To feel it. We praise you, Father, for helping us to understand such things and to be blessed by such things. And to let those who are blessed by whatever translation they like pray that at least they read it. For so many have, but do not. Oh, high and holy, high and lofty one, <laughs> whose name is holy, our Father. Revive the spirit of the humble. Revive the heart of the contrite ones. Contrite meaning feeling or expressing remorse or penitence affected by guilt, a broken and contrite heart, remorseful, repentant, penitent, regretful, sorry. 
praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Proverbs 11.25. There it is. It's one of the ones I moved over. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will they themselves be refreshed. That's what's one of those that comes alive with the NLT and is a little foggy with the King James or the New King James. But it explodes with the NLT. Right now, I don't even want to study the Bible without at least at least a New King James and an NLT. And you know what? They don't make a parallel paper Bible with the two together. They don't. It just simply doesn't exist. Praise you, Jesus. And thank you, Father, for turning me on to the NLT through Charles and Francis Hunter and their book, How to Heal the Sick. What an amazing book. And thank you, Father, for blessing me with having met them when I was a child in person. That was awesome. That was really awesome. Father, please keep back your servants also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over us. For then we shall be blameless. We shall be innocent of great transgression. Wow. You know, they always say that you know, the scriptures have to have, you know, they use the, the uh, quotations from Timothy and, you know, and the admonition of dealing with people who are raising a complaint against another brother or sister. And they say in the, you know, from the mouths of two or three witnesses, you know, all that kind of thing. And, they, and folks try to apply that to scripture. And I get it. I understand where they're coming from or what they're trying to accomplish. And then there's also this notion of first mention, which I completely and utterly disagree with. And don't even get me going on dispensationalism, which is just an excuse to chop the Bible up so that you can, you know, sin freely and be once saved, always saved. Uh, thank you, Jesus. But anyway, um, yeah, this is amazing because there's no other scripture like this in the entire Bible. There isn't. But there are actually people out there that think it has to have, it has to be said two or three times. And I'm like, no, it don't. <laughs> I have so many examples that I could pull out. There's no second scripture anywhere in the Bible that where Jesus said, have I not said ye are God? Have I not said in your law that ye are God? Show me the second scripture there. You know, they're, they're, you know, the only thing that maps to it, and I call it mapping because it's not a direct, it's almost, it's very close to a direct quote, but, you know, is Psalm 82. It's it. It's the only one. So it has to be that. Praise God for that. It's awesome. And I thank, I thank you, Father, for the, for Oregon, you know, being so downtrodden by being a member of such a corrupt organization as the Roman Catholic Church, and then being ostracized because he detected the truth in the scripture that we must have existed before the earth. Shame on him. <laughs> Anathema, the most evil church in the world, said. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Talk about Satan saying, you know, get thee behind me, Satan. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Oh, Father, we just thank you for Psalm 1913 because it goes hand in hand with having a contrite spirit. We don't want to be guilty 
of great transgression against thee. Psalm 34:18 The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as have a contrite spirit. That's a good place to be. So not only do I hope for extra credit, but I think I pretty much qualify for the contrite spirit part too. I need every little bit of extra credit I can get. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Probably we all do. Whether we realize it or not. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for our Savior, the Lord Jesus, who will transform our lowly body. Oh, talk about hitting the nail on the head there. Transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to your glorious body. Light and love. According to the working by which you, our Lord Jesus, are even able to subdue all things to yourself. We praise you, Lord. And now to him our Lord Jesus, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly. There's a clear case where the translators struggled. (laughs) You know, who writes those two words side by side? Exceedingly abundantly. (laughs) It's like saying uh, abundantly to an order of magnitude that is beyond description in the English language. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now to him, our Lord Jesus, who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. According to the power that works in us. So Jesus is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. I hope that you do. Because this, today especially, is arguably one of the missing links in the walk of those that our Father and our King need us to stand up to the challenge to. Praise God. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up servants. And if they ingest anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. It will by no means hurt them, except if it's the vaccine. (laughs) I know, nobody would want to take that evil thing. Golly, can't believe it. Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus that these entities of deep, deep black darkness, so black, so dark, so abominable, believe with all of our heart that even though they inject our very food with exceedingly sinister evil very very evil things that would damage our bodies that would damage our bodies the very idea that if we are to breathe the air on this earth It can damage our bodies. 
seriously damage our bodies. And your scripture says which temple we are, that our, that our bodies are not ours, that it's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you will bless, anoint all of our food, every breath of air that we breathe, as the evil one is being allowed to poison the very water we drink, the very food that we eat, and the very air that we breathe. Heaven forbid that we would want untarnished meat. For all these things were prophesied, so we hold fast to the promises in your scripture. We will take up serpents. What does that mean? Father, please forgive those that have actually actually taken snakes into their churches. Please forgive them, Father, please. On an unholy representation of what the intention of that scripture is. Oh, Lord. Then it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Just as your servant Smith Wigglesworth did when he went, I believe it was, to Sweden. Forgive me if I'm recalling it incorrectly, but I believe it was Sweden. When he traveled to Sweden to do or perform a, on your behalf as your servant a divine healing type of a revival. And upon his arrival there, the government of the town that he visited made it illegal to lay hands on one another. Imagine, imagine that. Such a long time ago. And so Smith yelled out into the crowds before him. He said, Lay hands on yourself! Father, please, let us all pray in one accord. It's so important. Father, where two or more are gathered together on earth in your name, Lord Jesus, our Father in heaven, will do that for us. I do not believe that we live in a time of exception, although it kind of is. And Father, we pray, please, as we command others, others, our fellow brothers and sisters' bodies to be healed, that we can do as Smith was allowed to do through your grace and lay hands on our bodies that you would please, Father, recognize it similarly to how you allowed Smith Wigglesworth to do that when he visited Sweden. We praise you for that, Father. And we thank you for greater things than these will we do because our Lord has gone unto you. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. 
Holy Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify our heart, our soul, our spirit, our mind, our flesh, our record-keeping books in heaven and our robe and gown in heaven. Please, with your precious blood and, Father, your holy fire, in Jesus' name. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, by the blood of the Lamb of God, we declare any entity of the darkness, worker of saint and live or dead human spirit, member of a witch coven, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, that at the moment that they set their wills against us, that they shall be immediately struck by the holy fire of God in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, we decree that any entity of the darkness... They shall be struck. They shall be placed under arrest, cast into the pit. We declare in Jesus' name that that pit will be sealed by the fire of God, welded shut, and that the fire of God will permeate that pit and to burn them in the screaming agony, making a public spectacle of them in accordance with Colossians 2, 15, in Jesus' name. And Lord Jesus, we pray, please seal the pit with your blood, for only you can break those seals in accordance with thy will. Thy will be done. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that the holy fire will swirl swirl amongst the whirlwind of the Holy Spirit and a thorny hedge of protection around our dwelling places on all sides. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that warrior angels, big, mean, and strong, will stand guard at our dwelling places and thwart all attempts to come against us in Jesus' name. We declare in the name of Jesus Christ that the holy fire of God shall vaporize all earthly and spiritual weapons, all fiery darts that are levied against us in Jesus' name, and the entities that were behind it be struck by the fire of God and cast into the pit in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Penalties applied. And we plead, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you will assign a platoon of warrior angels, for we need them. We need them, Father. Please send us da- send down to us, us an assignment of, of, of warrior angels, Father God, to ferret out on our behalf, Father God, to search out and do a search and destroy mission against any open portals, any, any, any demonic contracts or an agreements that were signed against without without our knowledge father god any attempts of of the evil one to come against us indirectly that we are unaware of father we pray that you will make good eyes blind good ears deaf in jesus name and shut down all the acts of the enemy in the name of jesus hallelujah we praise your holy name father we declare this holy fire around our loved ones the unsaved father god particularly father god we lift them up before you and we pray in the name of jesus Jesus, that your holy fire will swirl, swirl around about the, uh, on all sides in Jesus' name. We bind and cast out any demons of darkness that would thwart their ability to hear. We decree in the name of Jesus the crystal river and the living water to enter into their souls that it shall be fertilized in Jesus' name. We cast out all evil that they can be anointed in the dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls upon men. Father, when deep sleep falls upon men, so that you will save their souls from the pit and seal their instruction, bring them to the knowledge of the truth, bring them, Father God, to their knees before you. We pray for our loved ones. We pray for those whom we cannot reach by word, but you can reach by miracle. Let us contend together. Blot out our transgressions. Let us 
contend together. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. Surround us with your holy fire, God, we pray in Jesus' name that you will sustain it, that we will operate under an open heaven. Father God, in the name of Jesus, that we will operate under an open heaven. All praise you, Jesus, and thank you for revealing to the to our hearts, to, to me. <laughs> Thank you for showing me, Father. I, I didn't recollect it. I didn't remember it. And then I had that aha moment. I thank you for that. That the whole reason that we are given the gift of speaking in tongues, and if you don't have it, you probably, you can, you can get it. I mean, it, I've done program specials on it before. There have I've gotten praise reports from people that it did receive the, the, uh, the gift of speaking in tongues during the show. Um, there's so many things. It's not. It you can do it. Believe me, you can. But if you do, if you're one of those people that has an analyt- an analytical spirit in you, our Father, that's known as beseeching, seek Him in tears to remove and tear away that analytical spirit because it will sink your boat every time. You will not go out in the Spirit. You will not receive the anointing. You will not receive certain gifts of the Holy Spirit because your analytical spirit will ruin it for you. You've got to pray fervently to get rid of it. Believe me. Okay? It's it's very real, and anybody who's worked within um, a group of believers, let me tell you, when, when an anointed... Um, person serving the Lord is moving down and touching and people are going out in spirit one by one and then one person stands up and just, you know, doesn't go out, it's an analytical spirit. If you think too much and you don't surrender entirely to the Lord in gushing praise and prayer, if you don't lock that door and immerse yourself in the presence of God in worship, if you don't do those things and you don't Hand off that analytical spirit. Praise God. Pray to God with all of your heart that he removes it from you. Takes it away because that analytical spirit will rob you of your blessing. That analytical spirit will rob you of your blessing. Get rid of it. Be a child. Believe that the clouds have angels in them looking at you. Be at wonderment of our Father, because that's how awesome He is. Who can understand His errors? Cleanse us, Father, from our secret faults, those which we do not know about. Psalm nineteen, twelve. Father, we abandon ourselves into Your hands, Do with us what you will. Whatever you may do, we thank you. We are ready for all. We accept all. Let only your will be done in us and all of us, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We wish no more than this, Father. Into your hands, we commit our soul. Into your hands, we commit our spirit. We offer it to you with all the love of our heart. For we love you, Lord. For we trust you, Lord, and we so need to give of ourselves, to surrender of ourselves into your hands, without reserve, with boundless confidence. For you are our dear Father, our Abba Father. Praise you, Jesus. O Lord, 
hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and act. Do not delay. Daniel 9.19 For your people, the very, very hopeful bride of your son, Jesus, we cry out to you this day from the bottom of our hearts. Let not our prayers be hindered. 1 Peter 3.7 We praise your holy name.
I Saw Heaven by Brother Vitu Musi. My spiritual eyes opened Monday, September the 7th of 2015, around 3 a.m. My spiritual eyes opened. I saw through the roof of the house the skies and the moon. I saw a figure on a white robe standing above the moon. Supernaturally, I could zoom in and also know the distance between me and what that figure was. Three angelic beings in the elevator. I saw myself in four-corner machine, like a high-speed elevator. I saw three angelic beings in the elevator with me, but they were all silent. The machine began traveling at a tremendous rate of speed. I heard the sound from outside, just whoosh, like a very strong wind, and I heard sound like water falling, yet there wasn't any water in view. Entering Heaven Suddenly, I saw myself flying in the midst of heaven. The place was full of God's light. I saw white clouds and what looked like a white mist, just as I was flying in the atmosphere. When I passed it, I saw spectacular scenery. Heavenly Mansions the first place I saw, it was full of mansions, without number. The mansions were huge, colossal in size. Some were many multiple stories high. They were very spacious. They were made of heavenly materials, very colorful, perfectly aligned with different kinds of designs shapes. They had no fence or barrier of any sort. They were innumerable. Their golden doors were facing to the east. I saw lovely gardens of flowers. I saw other mansions with well-manicured lawn, sharply cut and neat. I screamed, Father, this is awesome glory. And the Lord spoke to me, Son, this place is prepared for my bride. Everything is prepared and ready. The marriage supper is about to take place at any moment, and the trumpet will sound, and I will go for my holy people. Tell my church to wash their robes in my blood and to keep them pure and spotless. Warn man about hell. The Lord gave me a stern warning about hell. The Lord said, Warn man about hell. They are those who don't believe hell is there are those who don't believe hell is real. Tell them, for those who will not come to my kingdom, hell will be their place of abode. There will be gnashing of teeth and regrets. I saw saints and children in heaven. Some of the mansions were already occupied. Some were vacant, but I saw saints moving in and out of the mansions. 
I saw children playing in the streets in front of the mansion. I was just observing this. In front of some mansions, there were some chariots. Saints were visiting each other in the mansions. The second place I saw was full of houses. They looked almost like community houses. They were of the same design. They were not as big as the mansions. Also, they didn't have gardens or flowers. They were in perfect symmetry. They weren't far from each other also. They were uniform in color, design and size. No one bigger or smaller than the other. Then by revelation, I knew that in heaven, some will live in mansions and some will live in houses. It depends on your obedience, your faithfulness, and doing what God has asked you to do on the earth. We will not have the same reward in heaven. I saw Christians here too. Many people here. And in the first place I saw, I saw what looked like multi-residential houses or apartments. They were joined to one another and were smaller in size. And here I saw many people living together. There are degrees in heaven. The chariots of God. After that, the Lord took me to another scene. I saw chariots. All kinds of them. They were moving from one part of heaven to another. Different shapes, different designs, and different sitting capacity. A great shining palace. I saw a very stunning palace. More beautiful than the mansions and houses I saw. There was a wall of light around it. The light was living and magnificent. I was not allowed to go there. I just stood it at a distance, looking and admiring it, wondering what could be inside there or what is happening. Streets of gold. I walked on the streets of solid gold. This time I said to myself, today I will inspect these streets and see how they really are. I noticed that the street is wide, and it's perfect. They were passing before the mansions and the houses. I looked into them, and I saw it was like gold, but put deep into the ground, like a large block of gold, so like pure water. But then I looked down, and I could, I could, uh, I, I can, um, little typo here, uh, I can blank, it says, I can the golden color from inside the ground so it was transparent and golden at the same time. The transparent part uh, on the top, the golden uh, on the bottom, almost as if you put gold under water. Some, someone sees the transparency of the water, but looking deep, they can see gold underneath. They are the most beautiful streets ever. I asked the Lord to give me something. And right there on the street appeared a diamond. I picked it up. I was walking and holding it. Sparkling. So real and clear. I thought to myself, when I go back to earth, 
Will it still be here? I stood in awe, looking at the many streets of gold on every side. I remember saying to myself, I am walking here on the streets of heaven, a pastor's mansion. I saw a very glorious, gorgeous mansion. Then a certain man was coming out. I knew he had been a pastor on earth. In heaven, they told me, the reason why he had a large, beautiful mansion in heaven was primarily his giving and helping the needy and the poor and his praying. These provided the materials for his mansion in heaven. Note it says nothing about him being a pastor. They also explained to me the different works that we do on earth carry different weights in heaven. What God values and, esteem, and, uh, and esteems high is very much different from what people think. They told me the works that we do that are unnoticed, behind the scenes, people don't know about, and unappreciated are the works that God values more. The works that we do out of a pure and selfless love, they have great reward in heaven. Then I saw it as God sees what is really important to God, that we must not look for appreciation and reward from men, but God. Also, God values what we do in private more than what we do in public. I looked over the city, the bright lights, the golden doors of mansions facing east, the majestic, majestic palace, the mansions and houses, the transparent streets of gold, the chariots traveling around, the children playing, the saints talking and walking in the gardens. I said, wow, heaven is so wonderful. I didn't want to come back, but I knew it was my time to go. Paradise. I walked out of the city, the Spirit of the Lord leading me. I came to paradise. The place was beautiful scenery. There were beautiful trees, very green beyond any earthly green. I looked at the leaves, very fresh. I saw other kinds of plants, all different colors. The leaves looked golden, purple, blue. The whole paradise was full of creation of God, trees, grass, forests, parks, a farm. I came to a farm of a particular saint. At that farm, I found a relative of his. It was a lady I had known on earth. I asked and talked to her, found out that it was one of the people that had received the grace of God just moments before they died. 
She had repented on her deathbed. Then she died and came to heaven. She was living with her relative. I knew by revelation that if she had not died, but lived and were healed, she would have died in sin and went to hell. So by the mercies of God, she was given a chance. She repented. God took her, and she's been in heaven ever since. We stood there by each other and talked. I told her that I am just visiting, and I have to go back any moment. About the farm, the Lord told me that Christians who like farms, fields on earth, when they go to heaven, they will have their own farms, their own fields. Every desire they have will be fully mend. Jesus' final words. The Lord told me, Son, be faithful. Continue being obedient and doing what I told you to do. As you do, there will be fruit and results. I will add more souls to your ministry. And then my spirit was back. I found myself entering my body on earth and opened my eyes. I felt awesome fire of God's presence in my head, my hands, my back, all over. Sweet and awesome sensation. I woke my wife and began to share with her what I had just heard. Love and peace. Holy Spirit wind. Praise God. what it means to pray through. The personal experiences of the availing and prevailing intercessory ministry of Sister E.J. Dabney as related in an interview and through letters to Sarah Folks Moore. My first acquaintance with Sister Dabney was gained through letters which she sent to a friend in Norfolk, Virginia describing the prayer revival that the Lord gave her in that southern city. Those letters so stirred me and made that, that I made a carbon copies of them and mailed them out to prayer group leaders in Los Angeles. A.H., who read the letters, were given a new vision of what it really means to pray through. Later, Sister Dabney came to Pastor Couch's church at 33rd and Compton in Los Angeles. By the way, this is very old. It's a long time ago. Where in prayer, where in a prayer revival of a few weeks, God saved almost 200 souls and baptized as many with the Holy Ghost and fire. Sister Dabney is a sister who makes prayer her business. If she sleeps at all, it is to be refreshed to resume her day and her night vigil, vigils of prayer, waiting on God. She confines herself to one simple meal a day. She never indulges in any personal friendships, nor does she have light conversation with anyone. Usually she comes quietly to a meeting an hour before the time is announced, and she begins to pray. When the meeting is over, she slips quietly away to her room, where her real ministry of travail for the deliverance of souls is carried on far into the night. 
In an interview, Sister Dabney revealed how she came to enter this effective work for God and for souls. Her her husband, who is a preacher, he was sent from a prosperous church in Philadelphia to labor in a poor one. At their first meeting, no one was present but themselves. She saw it was going to be a difficult field, for it was in the most wicked part of the city. She was made to know nothing but prayer would touch the situation. She determined to give of herself in prayer. She made a vow to God that if he would send sinners to that place and save them, she would give herself three days and three nights each week uh, in the church to pray for three years. She vowed during two of those years to fast as well and pray. When she first told her husband of the intentions, he was unwilling to have her spend three days and nights in the, and uh, each week in the mission alone in prayer. But the Lord made him to know it was of him. So he took her next morning early to the riverside where she knelt and made her vow to the Lord. As soon as this little wife of a hard-pressed minister began to pray alone in her husband's mission, God began to work. Sinners were sent in, and soon a little hall was crowded. Her husband asked her to pray for a larger place. God moved a merchant out of a nicer and larger building across the street and gave them that, bu- that this building. As she continued to pray day and night, three days a week in her husband's new church, it too became crowded out. Again, her husband asked her to pray for a larger church. She did, and God gave them a fine, large church on a main boulevard in the same neighborhood. Always the meetings were packed out and souls were delivered from sin and believers baptized in multitudes. One morning, the church door was that she was entering to keep her vow of prayer with the Lord, met her and said, again, um, the Lord met her and said, go home. But she didn't want to go home. She wanted to pray. Then he asked her if she knew what day it was. She felt led to open her purse and read her vow and discovered from the date on the vow that she had exactly completed three years, she had exactly completed three years and had given to God for prayer. Even though the Lord had shown her that her vow had been fulfilled, she still wanted to go into the church and adore and worship him. But he said, go home. She obeyed. Everything about her seemed to praise and worship the Lord. When she got home, the Lord drew her inside. Her soul was exulting in his presence. Then he had, then the father said to her, go to the basement. She was afraid of the dark basement and hesitated. Why should the Lord ask her to go to such a place? She said, Lord, if you are going to take me home to glory, first let me see my husband and son. 
She was afraid the Lord was going to take her home in the midst of all this rejoicing. But she put on perfectly new shoes and went to the basement. Instead of darkness, it was filled with wondrous light. Then the Lord spoke to her again and said, You have prayed through, and now I have come to bless you. From the ceiling a fountain poured forth living water, and this water rose higher and higher until it engulfed her. The joy and the presence of the Lord was so gloriously manifested to her that she began to dance. The Lord told her wherever she went and prayed, he would deliver sinners from their sins and fill believers with the Holy Spirit. She danced the heels and toes off of her brand new shoes. This happened six years ago, and God has kept his word. Wherever Sister Dabney goes and gives herself to prayer, sinners are delivered, and saints are filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. Thus the Lord mightily anointed her to pray. She does not preach, but only counsels saints and sinners to seek the Lord until he is found. The following letters written in the midst of her prayer revival in Norfolk, Virginia, gave an intimate insight to her life of prevailing prayer. 1941, May 6th. Are you still asking yourself the question of whether or not prayer is important? We arise today through a mighty strength, the invocation of the Trinity, through the belief in the threeness, through the confession of the oneness of the creator of creation. We arise today through the strength of Christ's birth, through with his baptism, through the strength of his crucifixion with his burial, through the strength of his resurrection and ascension, through the strength of his descent from the ju- to the judgment of doom. We arise today through the strength of the love of the cherubim, in obedience to angels, in service of archangels, in hope of resurrection to meet with reward in prayers of patriarchs in predictions of prophets in preaching of apostles in faith of confessors in innocence of holy virgins in deeds of righteous men we arise today to the strength of heaven light of the sun radiance of moon splendor of fire speed of lightning swiftness of wind depth of the sea stability of earth firmness of rock we arise today through God's strength to pilot me God's might to uphold me God's wisdom to guide me God's eyes to look before me God's ears to hear me God's words to speak for me, God's hand to guard me, and God's ways to lie before me, God to shield and protect me, God hosts to save me from snares of the devil, temptations and vices from everyone who would wish me ill afar and near, alone and in multitude. We summon today all these powers between me and those evils, against every cruel merciless power that may oppose my body and soul, against incantations of false prophets, against black laws of pagandom, against false laws of heretics, against against crafts of idolatry, against spells of witches and smiths and wizards, against every knowledge that corrupts man's body and soul. Christ to shield me today from poison, against burning, against drowning, against wounding, so that there may come to me an abundance of reward. Christ with me, Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left. When we lie down, 
when we sit down, when Christ we arise, Christ in the heart of every man who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in the eyes of everyone who sees me, Christ in the ear of everyone who hears me. We arise today through a mighty strength, the invocation of the Trinity, through the belief in the threeness, through the confession of the oneness of the Creator of creation. Believed to be written by St. Patrick in the 5th century A.D., which would, man, which would mean the 400s. <laughs> Praise God. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of God has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Do you know when this is talking about? A lot of people don't know this. This is talking about after the three days of darkness. For 40 days, those who are a part of the wheat harvest, those who survive, um, they will go into their chambers for a little while until the indignation has passed, which is in Isaiah 26.20. And that indignation happens to be the same indignation that is referred to in Isaiah 13 of the otherworldly beings that are sent to the earth yes, aliens, that are sent to the earth to reap judgment upon the unrighteous. <laughs> yeah, from the far ends of the Shamayim, and look that word up in your enhanced strongs and Bible dictionary, and watch how it jumps off the page and tells you where the planets revolve. Wow. Same with Joel, too. So many make, an, make awful misunderstanding about what those are talking about. Those aren't talking about humans. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Father, we thank you for the mercies by which you allow us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable as our spiritual service of worship to you. Father, it is not our will to be conformed to this world, but much rather to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, which we pray that we may prove good, acceptable, accounted worthy, and perfect to what your will is for our lives. By grace given to us, we pray that you will show us not to esteem ourselves more or less important to the body of Christ than another. Thank you, Father, for the spiritual gifts that have been given us, that we may prophesy in proportion to our faith, and to teach according to your precious word, and to give liberally, and to lead with diligence, and to show mercy with cheerfulness. Father, show us how our love can be without hypocrisy. Teach us to abhor what is evil and to cling to what is good. Teach us to be kind and affectionate to one another and to honor and to give to one another, not lagging in diligence, but being fervent in spirit to serve you, Lord. Father, we rejoice in hope. We are patient through tribulation. And we shall continue in providing for the needs of the saints and be truly given to hospitality 
We will bless those who curse and persecute us. We will rejoice with those who rejoice. We will weep with those who weep. We will be of the same mind toward one another and not set our mind on high things, but associate ourselves with the humble. We will not be wise in our own opinions and we will not repay anyone evil for evil. For your word says to repay evil with good. We will not give place to wrath and we will wait on you, O our Father, Lord. For vengeance is yours. Therefore, we will live peacefully with all people, being overcomers through Christ Jesus our Lord. Lord, we will offer drink to a thirsty enemy and food to one that is hungry, that we may abide in your word forever. We love you, Father. We love you, Father. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for honoring your glorious word. We cannot wait to see you. We enter into communion. about you at the eve of unleavened bread. You said I'd eagerly yearn for this supper, and that you suffer so with children could be fed. I can only imagine the silence in the room as you passed on the bread to be told. The lady not understand the reach of his plan. We were told to rejoice, not to mourn. So we gather from memory the glory of the Lamb, the one who was slain for the seed of Abraham. As we long for your coming, we imagine the feast, the King and his bride. When our waiting has ceased, as you arose and went back up to heaven, to plead to the heavenly course You lifted the cup of forgiveness It was paid, it was done You had power to call And I can only imagine The thunderous sound As all heaven exploded in tears We were freed from our chains And all that remained we are destined to win So we gather remembering The of our soul Destroyer of death The Lord over all The light in our arms The edge of our sword The King of all kings And the Lord of all lords For we Believe in a Eternity, all is revealed, 
By the time we remember All scars will be healed As we long for your coming We imagine the feast The Lord and his bride When our waiting has ceased chosen generation, royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light, who were once not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtain mercy. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, Put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are also called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate upon these things. 1 Peter 2.9, Colossians 3.12, Philippians 4.8 He, Jesus, went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. 1 Timothy 3.16 God, by the way, I checked. The word is theos in the Greek. It is God. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, and believed upon in the world, received up in the glory. We pray for purification based upon Psalm 1, sorry, Psalm 51. 1 through 14. Father, please have mercy upon us. 
according to your loving kindness and according to the multitude of your tender mercies, please blot out all of our transgressions. Wash us thoroughly from our iniquity. Cleanse us from our sin. We acknowledge our transgressions. We confess them. Our sin is always before us. Against you and you only, Father, we have sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, we were all brought forth in iniquity and in sin our mothers conceived us. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part you will make us to know your wisdom. we pray that you will purge us with hyssop knowing that you will make us clean wash us and we shall be whiter than snow thank you Jesus make us hear joy and gladness that the fiery trials that are to try you may result in our rejoicing hide your face from our sins and blot out all of our iniquities. Father, in accordance with Isaiah 43:25, we pray that you will not remember our sins. Create in us a clean heart, Father. Renew a steadfast spirit. Strong. Perseverant. Overcoming. We praise you. We thank you. Restore to us, Father God, the joy of our salvation. Uphold us with your strength, not ours. And then, through the humility and love, through the power of Christ in us, Others will be converted to you to give you glory. Deliver us from the guilt of our past sins, O Lord, and that our tongues shall sing aloud of your righteousness. from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me. In that same manner, 
He also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes Ani Vadodi Vadodi Lee I am my beloved and my beloved is mine prosperity. 
You are strong when I am weak. I praise you, my Redeemer. I praise you, Majesty. You were left by God Almighty to always be with me. And I know I will never be. of the devil and the demons and we are the servants and foot washers of mankind so I sought for a man amongst them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it but I found no one Ezekiel 22:30. also we heard the voice of the Lord saying whom shall I send who will go for us father here we are. 
send us. Based on 6 8, Isaiah. Isaiah 43.25, our Father said, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Put me in remembrance, and let us contend together. State your case, that you may be acquitted. John 14, 12-14 Most assuredly I say to you that he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do, because I go unto my Father, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Colossians 2.15 Jesus, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in the cross. See, the of all the armor of God, the only offensive weapon is the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Intensified prevailing prayer. Reflect, if you will, back to the story of Mamusu and his journey to heaven and the pastor's mansion and why the pastor's mansion was so beautiful. Prayer. Reflect back on Sister Dabney, praying through prayer. Intensified prevailing prayer is God's ordained law and method for implementing his redemptive plan in this age until Jesus returns. It is the highest, the holiest, and the mightiest effort of which a child of God is capable It is God's chosen way to bring heaven's power, heaven's resources, and heaven's angel into action upon the earth. Charles Spurgeon said, He who knows how to overcome with God in prayer has heaven and earth at his disposal. Intensified prayer is clothed with the might of God himself. From the book Mighty Prevailing Prayer by Wesley L. Dual. James 5.16b The effective, fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. Fervent meaning having or displaying a passionate intensity. Impassioned, passionate, intense, vehement, ardent, sincere, fervid, and heartfelt. Don't forget King Hezekiah. 2 Kings 20, verse 5, our father said to him, I have seen your tears, and I will answer you. We cast out demons. Mark 16, 17 to 18, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. I wonder what that really means. We will identify reptilians. <laughs> and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. That is unjust. Again, this is the same principle of the viper that bit 
Paul's hand, and he just shook it off. It will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Does it say they're going to jump up and recover immediately? It does not. Remember that there's the Holy Spirit gift of divine healing, but there's also the Holy Spirit gift of miracles. When you combine the two together, what do you get? Instant divine healing. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we instead wrestle against principalities. We wrestle against powers. We wrestle against rulers of darkness of this age. We wrestle against spiritual hosts of wickedness in high places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. That doesn't sound like a passive prayer to me. That sounds pretty active. I don't know how long it's been since you've seen a wrestling match. But I don't think anybody was hiding in the corner, <laughs> pleading with God, please, Lord. Luke 10, verse 19, Jesus basically just picks out 70 sinners from the crowd <laughs> and says, you all go two by two and in my name and this, you know, the whole thing. And they come back. And they're like, even the demons respond to your name. And Jesus says, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and reptilians and all those creepy, weird things. And over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Well, as long as you're actively serving God, what, you, what do you derive from this? Now, if you're just sitting around on your hands, it's a little different. Mark 25, when Jesus saw the people come running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him. No more! See, while everybody will typically focus on the deaf and dumb spirit part, I'm focusing on why did Jesus wait for the people to come running together? I'll tell you why. So the Father would be glorified in the Son. Matthew twelve twenty eight, But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can one enter a strong man's house, that is a human body, and plunder his house, or plunder his goods, unless he first binds the strong man? Then he will plunder his house. So you kick out the strong man, which is, this, which is the, they, they run in packs. You know, it's like a wolf pack. And you've got the, I don't know what they call it, but you've got the head, head of the wolf pack, you know, the, the wolf that's the leader, okay, and the rest of them follow. You take out the leader, and they're all like, oh, no, what do we do now? And that's how it works with demons. That's what this is talking about. Matthew twelve forty three. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. And then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Why? Because they were cast out. But then the demon goes and takes 
with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. So shall it be with this wicked generation. That's why Jesus told the man, go and sin no more, lest the worst thing come upon you. That's why we pray the holy fire of God to surround around about the people that we're praying for to protect them from the demons re-entering. It's very important because we're trying to buy time. You're praying for a third party. It makes it a lot more difficult. Thank you, Jesus. All right. It, it, it really does. Um, but it works. I, you know, as you know, or anybody who's a regular attendee of these things, I've read at least four very noteworthy charisma news and um, various ministry articles, newspaper pages, essentially, or, you know, web articles from people, missionaries over in the Middle East and different parts of the world where people are coming to Jesus in astonishing numbers. Why? Because Jesus is visiting them in dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls upon men to say, you know, to seal their instruction and to save their souls. Ultimately, it's, uh, it's it, essentially what I'm doing is paraphrasing Job 33, 14, and 15, King James. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Amen. And on that note, let's go ahead and use that power that was given to us to do exactly what our Father wants us to do. Let's pray for the peoples of the land. Not saying don't spend plenty of time praying for one another. Got to work it all in. It doesn't take that long, really. I can tell you that I can get up in the morning just sharing, just sharing. This isn't a post. This is just a sharing of a testimony of what I do typically. Not every single day. There are certain days where, you know, especially since my knee surgery, there have been a couple of times, but there have also been times when I um, was up exceedingly late, beyond my control. But anyway, um, but as a general rule, I will wake up early, very early, and um, of course, which makes it extremely difficult to do my job, you know, past a certain hour. But um, God's strength will bring me through somehow, even though I was assigned way more than any one human can do. <laughs> so it's going to take a miracle. Thank you, Jesus. And God's a God of miracles. So, um, but here's the thing. I get up early. Um, I have uh, just sharing because maybe it'll give you an idea. Um, I have a bottle of wine because I know that the it was wine. Okay. <laughs> Why do you think that in the book of Timothy, when it's talking about the selection of deacons and bishops, it says they're not taken to much wine? What do you think? Because you don't want a deacon and bishop walking around drunk in the church. <laughs> okay. People who say things like, there was no alcohol back then, I was just like, I just want to like, uh, just got to take a deep breath and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just let it go. Let it go. Thank you, Father. But we want to pray. There's a method to this madness. 
<laughs> Praise Jesus. There really is. So before we do, just to recap, we start out by, with the most powerful prayers in all the universe. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I've even added into it, uh, I never finished my thought. Sorry, I'm a little exhausted. Um, so I get up early. I have a bottle of wine. I have a small crystal candy dish decanter. It's only about four inches across. And I put the broken pieces of matzah, sun-leavened bread, inside it. And then to the left of that is a silver chalice, which is, you know, a communion cup. And then... Um, I have this, um, I got it just for this purpose, because to me, any time that I spend with God, it's money well spent. Sort of like when Jesus told the um, troubled apostles, you know, hey, chill out, you know, let her worship God with that scented oil, you know, that was expensive. You know, it's like I figure, this is for God. Thank you, Jesus. But um, I have a, just a beautiful um, sterling silver um, chain. And on it, I, I was very fortunate and blessed to find um, an ephod, you know, with the 12 stones of Israel. Now, I had a smaller one at one point, but then when I had to replace it because the the silver tarnished so bad, I couldn't get it clean anymore. It wasn't shiny. So I went out on the Internet and looked, and I, by a blessing of the Lord, I found a much nicer one for less for less. It wasn't expensive at all. But I figure if we're a royal priest, right? Why wouldn't you want to wear an ephod? And then I have this golden bull that the Lord led me to. I mean, it actually exists. That's a long testimony. I'll avoid that for now. But it's covered in uh, grapes. It's like a miracle. But and I and I get up and I use the um, it's called behind the veil. It's actually the Exodus blend holy oil that Lindy Lindsay Pierce makes at l o j o i l dot com. The Lord powerfully impressed upon my heart. You better watch where you buy your oil. <laughs> it never occurred to me. I was, you know, dumb and goofy, and I just thought you could just get it anywhere. And then the Lord was like, mm, no. And um, you have to choose the bottle first, and then um, you have to email her to tell her that you want the Exodus uh, Blender. Just tell her behind the veil, and she'll do that for you. Probably with a little bit of a warning, because you're really not supposed to just splash it all over the place, <laughs> if you know what I mean. It's supposedly very, very, well, not supposedly, it is very powerful. There are those who believe that, um, you just have to read the scripture to understand the restrictions that are associated with it, but the restrictions are not what a lot of the uh, Jews believe that they are, because they're just misinterpreting the scriptures, but that's okay. Um, so what I do then is I use the Exodus oil and I anoint the bottle of wine, the crystal decanter with the matzah, the silver chalice, 
and the silver uh, ephod necklace that a royal priest would wear. And, you know, maybe not a necklace, but you know what I mean. Symbolic. I anoint each one of those and I say, Father, I consecrate these into your righteous and holy hands. And then I use a little bit more of the oil and then I put it in the water inside the golden bowl. And I say, now the water, the Lord impressed upon my heart that it needed to be fresh every day. At least, you know, I'm going to dump it, put new water in it. Not a lot. And then um, I anoint the water and I say essentially the same, Father, I consecrate this water to you the utmost of your holiness. And then, praise God, like we will do in just a moment, So you, the most powerful prayer in the world, in the universe, you have to disarm the demons. Okay, the only reason a demon has, the, has a legal right to inhabit an individual is because they're guilty. So when you're guilty of willful and habitual sin, the demons have a right to you, even if you're a Christian. Um particularly if you're a Christian. Allow me to be perfectly clear, particularly if you're a Christian. Now, um, so be be wary of that. When Jesus said, he has nothing in me, that's what he meant. We're not sin-free, Jesus was. Now, so, Father... Forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then I say also, Father, please, even if they do, please forgive them as well, for you would not want not one to perish. And then, as a royal priest, First Peter two nine, I do as Nehemiah did in chapter one, verse six, and as Daniel did in Oh goodness gracious. I think it's nine something. I can't. I have to go back and look it up. But um, where he, Daniel and Nehemiah both confessed of the sins of the peoples of the lands of Israel on their behalf, on their behalf, which is scriptural, by the way. And I can show you those scriptures, but we don't have time tonight. But if Nehemiah can do it, so can we. Because remember, greater things than these can we do because our king has gone unto the Father. We're not under restrictions. The only restrictions that we get put under are the restrictions that churchianity places us under. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that we cannot pray for the dead. Nowhere. And I do. I know some people that probably weren't saved when they died. And I pray every single morning for them. And I say, Father, please, in the name of Jesus, save their souls. See, to our Father, it's not about heaven. We're the ones who add the rules. We're the ones who make up stuff. It's not in the Bible. It doesn't say you can't do that. In fact, the opposite is so. Paul mentioned that the the Church of Corinth was spending time time baptizing the dead. He never said, shame on you for doing such a heretical thing. He never said that. He said that about a bunch of other behaviors that they did, but he never admonished them for for baptizing the dead. Explain that. I can, because you can. 
Oh, and I even have a testimony from somebody who was on Sid Roth who had died, a rapist and a murderer, and his mother did not know that he died. He was already burning in hell, and his mother was on her knees in her bedroom, crying out to the Lord to please save the soul of her son. And God raised him out of hell, and he became a pastor. Be careful what you believe inside churchianity. They will hold you back. So after you forgive, ask our Father to forgive them, then you, on their behalf, as Nehemiah and Daniel did, you confess of their sins as a royal priest. You confess of their sins for them, just as Daniel and Nehemiah did. Probably others that I haven't found yet. And then... Once that's done, the demons technically do not have a legal right to stay there. Now, granted, if they're tares or reptilians or whatever creatures from the bowels of Sheol, twice dead, okay, strange flesh, it, it doesn't count. There's a reason why Jesus preached the gospel to every living creature, because <laughs> we don't know. All right, praise Jesus. But after you confess of their sins as a royal priest, just as the early Levitical royal priests did, you know, by sacrifice, etc. Um, then you have loosed the legal rights of the demons to even be inside their bodies. The house. Once you've loosed the legal rights of the demons to be there, they're, they're at your disposal. Okay, at that point, so then the next move I make is that I move down, so I'm moving from the throne room, down a level, confessing of their sins, then down to the next level, and I'm going after the principalities, the powers, the spiritual host of wickedness, and rulers of darkness in high places. I'm going after them. Don't want to leave them out. And then I move down a level to the people, because at that point, the demons don't have a legal right to stay there. And then, of course, you've got to cast out the strong man first, and then you've got to get out the subordinate demons, cast them out. And then I like to declare, in the name of Jesus, warrior angels to descend upon them, to strike them deaf, blind, and dumb, cast them into the pit, you know, place them under arrest and cast them into the pit. I declare the fire of God to weld the pit shut. I declare the fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn them in screaming horrific agony. Because I, unlike Jesus, have come to punish them before their time. I don't like them for a lot of really good reasons. And then I plead Jesus' blood to seal that pit. Because only Jesus can break that seal. And then I decree and declare in the name of Jesus the holy fire of God. Zechariah 2.5, it's our greatest and most powerful weapon, I assure you. Which is why the two witnesses breathe fire out of their mouth for three and a half years. They're using the weapon that was given to them by God, the most powerful one in the universe, the holy fire. The demons are horrified by it. And I declare that, mixed with a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit and a thorny hedge of protection, to swirl around about them on all sides. Let nothing unclean re-enter the clean-swept house. I need them to be protected. We've got to have a breakthrough. 
And I and if I know because I just know how the world is in geography really well. Um, if I know that it's daytime where in the area of the earth that I'm praying for, then I will ask the Lord to extend these prayers into the night for them. You know, so if I'm praying for Asia and it's 4 a.m. here, I already know it's like well into the day there. So, but anyway, that's just kind of a me thing. And then, um, you surround them with the holy fire of God so the demons can't come back inside of them. Then you declare the crystal river, the living water, the abundant grace of God to fertilize the soil of their hearts. Remember the parable about the soil? Well, the soil's fertilized with the living water, with the crystal river. Now it's ready to receive. Receive what? Receive the fruit of the prayers. John fifteen sixteen. You, you did not choose me, but I chose you and ordained you to go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain. And that whatever you ask in the Father shall be... You know, it's right there. It's all in the Bible. It's the sword of the Spirit. You're using the sword, the knowledge of the Bible, to speak forth that power that was given to you. So you fertilize the soil... And then you call down in Jesus' name, I sometimes plead for the Father, to send down an innumerable company of angels of light and love and the presence of Jesus to call them out by their name, just like he did Samuel. Especially when he does it in their native tongue, you have a winner. Now, it's not for us to decide what happens. It's not for us to sit there and try to say, well, you know, no, that's a spirit of, that's a spirit of, uh, uh, like I was talking about, why the number one reason why people don't receive the gift of tongues. It's because they have an analytical spirit. You need to rebuke it and get rid of it and pray over it, get rid of it. Because once that goes away, now, that's the Holy Spirit will come upon you. But you get, it, sometimes it takes a while. Got to be really. You got to really immerse yourself. Okay, so that's pretty much the sequence of things. Because so there is a method to it, and it's all backed by the Word of God. It's also backed by understanding spiritual warfare and testimonies of, believe it or not, Satanists who used to work for Satan but were saved by the blood of Jesus who came forward and explained what happens in the demonic or spiritual realm. Some people refer to it as the second heaven. That is not correct. There's no nothing heavenly at all about it. It is a stinky, horrible, evil, dark place that even our own personal angels that are trying to answer our prayers do not want to go through to bring them. It's where the angel that was called, that was sent to, to uh, give Daniel the answer of his prayer during the 21-day fast, fast was detained and required the help of an archangel to break free from the uh, prince of Persia. It's a very bad place, and angels don't like going through it. So anyway, thank you, Jesus. So I'm just listening for a second. Hold on. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. I feel like I have my... Uh, uh, okay. I feel like I have what where we're going. Thank you, Jesus. Now, remember, this is just symbolic, but a lot of things are. You know what I mean? Even the cup... You know, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. All of that is, it's symbolic. Don't let somebody tell you, I don't even, I'm not going to go there. Okay. So anyway, symbolic, symbolic. You're, 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 look, that which is bound on earth is bound in heaven. That which is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. Get it? Okay. We have come to the, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the, you know, heavenly Jerusalem. You know, think about it. Hebrews 12:22. you know, to Mount Zion. This is in heaven. Have we come to it? Well, evidently so. Thank you, Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we raise up before you symbolically a golden cup of forgiveness. On behalf of every man, woman, and child of every nation, tribe, and tongue of the Caribbean, Central America, and North America. Mexico, America, Canada, Alaska, Hawaii, and Father, we clump in Bermuda. Father, we thank you. We hold up all of the peoples of those lands before thee, and we pray, Father, in Jesus' name, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And Father, for those who do, we pray, please, also, Father, please forgive them as well. Pour out that golden bowl of forgiveness upon them, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you. Amen. Father, we confess of the sins of the peoples of the lands of the Caribbean, Central America, and North America. We confess of the sins of their first fathers and their fathers' fathers until before there was time. We break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them. We break all generational and bloodline curses throughout every branch of their family trees until before there was time. In Jesus' name. Principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual host of wickedness, and rulers of darkness in high places above the lands of the Caribbean, Central America, and North America, we come against you. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, and by the blood of the Lamb of God, we declare fire swords of cherubim to be shot down from the heavens and to cut you into pieces. We declare fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn you in the screaming agony, making a public example of you before the other demons of darkness. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah. And we decree hundreds of trillions of legions of warrior angels, fully clad in the armor of God, diamond-tipped sword, sharpest razor blades, and archangels to follow to wage war against you such as never been seen since before there was time. Unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, anything cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior. Binding or hindering the hearts and the minds of the lost across the Caribbean, Central America, and North America, in the mighty name of Jesus, we command you. Come forth, strong men, out now, subordinate spirits, get out. In Jesus' name we command it, enter them no more. We declare the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to encapsulate them on all sides. In Jesus' name, let nothing unclean re-enter the clean-swept house. We plead the Holy Spirit. We plead the presence of the Godhead. We plead the Crystal River. We plead, in Jesus' name, the abundant grace of God. We plead, in Jesus' name, the living water to fertilize the soil of their souls, that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit, and the fruit will remain. Father, in the name of Jesus, fertilize the soil of their souls that they will receive. In Jesus' name. Father, 
please, we beseech you to send an innumerable company of angels of light and love and the presence of our Lord Jesus to call them out by their name in their native tongue, as you did Samuel. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you will save their souls. Send your presence to them in dreams and visions of the night when deep sleep falls upon men to save their souls from the pit and to seal their instruction. Kindly, Father, that your will be done, for we know that you would not want one to perish. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you, Father. Save their souls. Save their souls. Please. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you all. See you next Friday. Lord willing. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise His holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure. Until you come back for your bride to set her free. Write our names in your book of life. We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice. As we lift your name on high. Renew our mind. Renew our soul, remove the scars from our past and deem us righteous. We rebuke all deceptive lies. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. We are the branches on a living tree when will your coming be when will your trumpet sound for me till then we will endure until you come back for your bride to set her free watch us as we trim our wicks, our lamps are full, our hearts are right. Like those five wise virgins, we will be. Your bride awaits thee patiently.
blessed sound The dead will rise The churches gather We're praying that We're worthy, Lord To join our family When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? We will endure And while we wait We will bring forth the fruit of the light of Christ. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure until you come back for your bride to set us free.